Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Her opening page on her website, Delicious Alternatives, is honest, raw, authentic, and hopeful. Looking back on her 20s, Shirley Plant was anxious and sad and suffering from chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, and multiple allergies. And that is just skimming the surface on what was going to be a little bit of a downward spiral. But she actually transformed her life in many ways and is now the author, writer, recipe creator, and wellness activist. And is here to be able to share her journey and I think as well help you on yours. So welcome to episode 39 of Living Your Life with Leanne Lang, the podcast brought to you by Extension Marketing. And for more information, of course, you can always head to extensionmarketing.com. Shirley, it's nice to see you. Thank you. Should we tell people how many <laughs> yeah, times? How many times we tried to get together? But I'm here. And I, I'm so grateful I to be know, here. I know. I know. I think it was one of my toughest bookings because I, you know, I knew that I wanted to have you in, Aww. and then we just kind of like life just was like yes. there was there's been ups and downs in the That's last couple life. of months. Yep. And that is life. And our lives connected. Um, I would say a couple years ago, as oh, you yeah. were one of our guests on CTV Morning Live. But then, because I knew you well from the show and I knew your background, when Andy, my daughter, was diagnosed with uh, ADD, I was like, I knew enough to say there are things that we can do prior to having to kind of go the full medication and kind of seeing the side effects. I came to you mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, help me. I help. know how. I, I really was. I was like, help. And I knew that you could because I knew food was going to be a critical part in all of this. Yeah. And you have a lot of people like that. And it always is. I Food is so important in everything, mm-hmm. right? I mean, social, how, how you were raised, the things that you think, that, that food that brings you peace, that food you eat when you're sick. I mean, it's amazing. It's in, it's in everything. Yeah. Uh, and it's sometimes hard for people to make the changes because it, there's such difficult. an emotional connection with foods exactly. and what they like. And I think a lot of people, because they maybe don't see an instant relief or fix that they kind of think, well, I don't think it's food. And it is easy to go to the doctor and say, give me a pill. I want to eat whatever I want. But you have to really look back and say, okay, what am I putting in my body? What is my body telling me? And I wish I had known that 30, 40 years ago because my body was talking to me and I wasn't listening. Okay. We made some changes and I'll talk about that later because we're going to go into so many of the different clients and and patients and backgrounds that, that you deal with. You just mentioned, had I known this 30, 40 years yeah. ago, it would have made such a difference. And I, I think I've often found with um, naturopathic doctors and, um, you know, nutrition, nu- holistic nutritionists, there usually is like a critical factor in, mm. in their passion and in why they have chosen to go this route. Right. And, well, I'm, and just like you, right? You're here because? Yeah. Something, there was, there, yeah. something triggered. Something Ab- triggered. Something triggered. So... Can I ask, because for you, it wasn't like in your earlier, like it wasn't growing up that you had a ton of issues or now when you look back, because I know a lot of it happened in your 20s, but would you have said it was probably earlier than that? Oh, yes, for sure. Like I remember being young and always having stomach pains and not to be rude, but little hard little poos that were really hard to pass. 
And I never even thought about it. And it's not something that my mother would say, oh, you know, you're having a problem with this. We've, it just was normal. Could we say normal? Yeah, well, yeah it <laughs> was not normal. It wasn't normal, but it was not normal. why discuss it. Yeah, and and exactly. as a child, you're not really yeah. thinking about that. But you think about how many kids hold in. Hold, hold in, in their pool or only go to the bathroom every two days yes instead of you know twice a day or three times a day and then they're so, in so much pain exactly. when they do right like they sit so, on that toilet yeah. and they're like and they look at you like with their their eyes watering yeah um, and as a mother i'm sure you're like ah. <laughs> yeah but then i'm like oh, okay what have we done wrong well, yeah we're in this i know situation. you feel badly yes. but you know so as a child you kind of you look back and there were definitely oh, signs there were of certainly what was happening. times and i remember you know my mother force feeding me eggs and drinking drink your milk, drink your milk. And I always felt ill after I ate eggs and after I ate milk. And, you know, mommy, I don't feel well. No, you have to finish your eggs. You have to finish your milk or you don't get your dessert. <laughs> you know, we have all heard that, right? Yes. And she thinks, you know, I'm sure as a parent, you think you're doing the right thing. Eat your eggs, drink your milk. Well, guess what? I'm allergic to eggs and I'm allergic to milk. <laughs> so no wonder. No uh, wonder. Wait, so it was miserable. So did you have a bad relationship with food? I mean, it was almost like you knew as a child, like going to eat was going to, at the end of the day, it was going to reflect really. in pain. No, not okay. really. You know, I loved food. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. She was she made everything from scratch. Mm-hmm. So we ate the typical North American diet, you know, meat, potatoes, a veg. Um, things were quite plain. Mm-hmm. Uh, she always made homemade desserts. So we always had brownies and chocolate chip cookies and cake in the house. But I don't know. I mean, we didn't we didn't go when well, there wasn't really fast food. I mean, there was, there was McDonald's and that was maybe a treat once a month or every two months. So no, it's not like I sat down at the table and thought, Oh no. But I think it, as you say, like it just, it just was the norm that sometimes I didn't feel well after I ate eggs and I never liked eggs and I just didn't feel well after I drank milk, but I didn't put it together. And I don't think my parents put it together or my mom put it together because it wasn't like I ate a, um, a strawberry and got hives. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that's so much easier for parents. Like, you eat something and your child starts to sneeze or they get hives or they get an instant. I just didn't feel didn't that, that well. And it wasn't enough to complain about. Right. I mean, it's so much like that, right? When we're, you know, you put that first peanut butter, uh, you know, like, yeah. taste to the child, you know, yeah. and you're kind of holding out, okay, are we going to be dealing with that peanut allergy? So you're right. It wasn't something that was reflected quickly that there was going to be a reaction. So, I mean, it sounds like you grew up in a household where it was, you know, healthy eating. I mean, in terms of like the, you know, meals, you weren't, yeah, wasn't eating fat, fast yeah. food. There, like there was a healthy outlook on food and, and meals. So you get into your 20s. I get into my 20s. And it shifts. And it totally shifts. So um, when I was 17, I went on a, an exchange program to France with a whole bunch of um, high school um, students. There were two groups. And it result, it ended it very badly in a train derailment. And my best friend was killed. And I came back from that. And life had changed, of course, right? I'd known her all my life you know, since the age of five. And you had to sort of start to go through this grieving process, but no, it was grade 13, and then you're planning for university, and and I started to not feel well. Normal. Well, this is all normal. I mean, you say that in such quick passing, Shirley. <laughs> so, so I hope you don't mind. No. You're on what is supposed to be a trip of a lifetime. Exactly. At 17 in exactly. France on, you know, this amazing experience with your best friends. Yeah. I, and I, many others. I mean, she was not the only one that was killed. There were so four you were others. In, so you were in a 
Were you part of it? Were you in this accident? So, no, and that's really interesting that you say that. So there were two groups and we were in this, both of us were in the south of France. One, we were in Antibes and the other group was in Nice and my girlfriend Leanne was in Nice. And so their train came, we were in the train station. We all got on the same train to to, uh, end up in Paris because it was the end of the, the trip. And there weren't enough bunks for sleeping. And I remember the whoever the head train guy is, you know, with his hat over there saying in French, there's not enough sleeping compartments. And we're young and we're saying, but we're going to party all night. We don't need to sleep. Like, you know, and he's like, no, legal, legal, legal. We need, we need 30 people off. And so it made sense that the last group, our group, were 30, that then we would get back off with our little suitcases and wait for the next train. And I'll never forget, my girlfriend, Leanne, leaned out the window and she said, I brought you some crackers because I am not good traveling. I've always been sort of a nauseous traveler. And she said, I brought you some premium, like she found them. I can totally imagine the little saltine. Yeah, the little saltine. I'll never forget this. And she handed them out the window and she's like, that's for you. Because we knew we weren't going to get breakfast. It was an overnight trip to Paris. And and she's like, I know if you don't eat in the morning or you have something, you're going to be really nauseous. And here she was looking after me, like to the very end. Um, and so you know they carried on we waited for the next train and we got on thinking you know nothing and it's really interesting Leanne now that I have done so much in sort of mind body and tapping into spirit and tapping into things that happen in the middle of the night I woke up and the train had stopped And I had this overwhelming fear and anxiety in my body that I had never, ever had. And I was just like, something's wrong. And we were in typical like three bunks, six Mm -hmm. in a... And I woke up one of the girls and I just said, there's something so wrong, there's something so wrong. And she's like, oh, surely go back to bed. Like, just go back to sleep. We're just, we just stopped, just go back. And I thought, no train ever stops. Like, why would a train stop in the middle of the night and just sit there and sit there and sit there? And I just had these waves and waves of anxiety. And I did eventually go back to sleep. And, you know, we arrived in uh, Paris in the morning and we got off the train and we were sort of waiting for our teachers. And we weren't really understanding why we were waiting. And I looked over and I saw a couple of the teachers crying. And I the first thing, actually, I thought was something happened back in Ottawa, mm-hmm. you know, and so one of their chi- children or something. But then again, I got this really strange feeling within me. But I, I didn't realize it then until, you know. And they came over and they just said, there's been an accident. You know, the, the train ahead of us was in an accident. We're not too sure what's going on. And I knew in that instant, Leanne, that she was gone. And I can't tell you how or I can't tell you why. I just knew. And I started to cry and I started to shake. And, you know, people are like, you know, what's wrong with Shirley? <laughs> she, and I just, I just knew, I just knew. And it was like about, I don't know, an hour later that I literally saw um, a clipboard and it had four names on it at the top. And she was one of the names. And those were the four that had passed away. So it's interesting how I think when you really tap into your mind and your body, things are always you're always getting this information, whether it's food, whether it's your best friend, whether it's the universe trying to give you a message. And it's taken me years to really tap into that. And I still, 
am not there yet. But to me, it's such a learning process. Uh, and to know at 17 that so many years later, an event like that would still have a recurring, oh, yeah. a recurring role. Oh, it's had a huge effect on my life. Huge. Was there the ability for counseling, for an outreach? I mean, you were with other students. You were with other kids who'd grown up in this environment. Yeah. I don't, it's really interesting because now, of course, if we have a death or a shooting or whatever, there's all this counseling. You know what? It wasn't. It was the summer and you got back and it was sort of, you know, there's the funeral and there's this and then you go back to school and everybody's like, Wow, you know, I'm really sorry, Shirley, to hear. And because she was at a different school, she was at Fisher Park and I was at Nepean. So it was a little bit different that way. Like, I think it's. So it wasn't she had, within, right? It wasn't exactly. a fellow classmate of yeah. all of you uh, within exactly. your grade. Yeah. She. Because she was doing French at Fisher. And I just think maybe that was the reason why. I'm not too sure. But like anything, um, Certainly there was time to grieve, and I think, you know, my parents and my family were there for me, but there was really no, this is what you do. Here's the handbook on grieving or losing a friend at that age. I mean, really, is there? I don't think, I don't, (laughs) I don't don't think there is, but there is a way where our body reacts. Oh, yeah. uh, And your body reacted to the new environment that you were in. Exactly, yeah, and it was trying to put one foot in front of the other and I think back then I didn't really come to the realization but there was that whole why her not me you know why the others not us why why no one else in the train no one else in the train was affected except for our group so you know it's really interesting and so I think from then on, you know, then it was to go to university and I didn't want to go to university, but you go to university and, you know, you do these things and come on. And then it was at university that I just felt ill all the time and strange symptoms, dizziness and fatigue like you wouldn't believe, you know, and here's university. It's time to party. It's time to go to events. And I'd go to bed at seven o'clock and sleep until 10 o'clock the next day. Like, that's not normal. And yet, you know, when I end up going to a doctor, going to a psychiatrist, they're like, well, you're not depressed. I don't know what's wrong with you. So again, you're you're hearing this, well, you're not depressed. I don't know what's wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. Just get on with life. You know, count your blessings that you weren't mm-hmm. hurt, crippled, killed. Enjoy your life. And you're like, I'm a young woman who is going to bed at seven, exactly. has no energy getting What's up at 10. I'm me? in pain. I can't do anything. Yeah. And What's wrong with me? There's something wrong with me. And I just kept saying, there's something wrong with me. But then I had to just carry on. So, you know, I drop out of university and that's not really a thing that happens in our family. <laughs> so you drop out of university, you come home and you're like, well, then find a job. So you're like, okay, find a job. So you find a job, and again, you're going every day to a job. Is this going to be your life? You're struggling. You're not feeling well. You're coming home. You're going to bed at 7 o'clock. So the friends... It's not like the symptoms change from (laughs) what you were going through at university to having to give that up and come back home. Okay. And so the friends kind of start to, well, she can't party, and she can't do this, and she can't go away, and she's not fun. Exactly. She's not fun. So you really start to be insulated and be... And then it was interesting. My sister said to me, you know, why don't you become a flight attendant? I thought, I don't know if I want to become a flight attendant. But I ended up 
going to um, travel college, like to become a travel agent. And I thought, oh, this is really fun. And I was able to do, it was like a six-month course, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not like it was university and studying languages that I had been doing. And and so I ended up going that route, and I became a travel agent and was a travel agent for years and would travel and come home and crash and would go to work and then take holidays and crash. And my mom would help me with laundry and my mom would help me with meals. And, you know, again, not really a normal 20s lifestyle or even 30s lifestyle, right? Because you're just always not feeling well. And it was actually a neighbor of ours that said to me, have you ever thought of getting your allergies tested? And I went, allergies? What do you mean allergies? Like, sure. Uh, okay. And it was something that our family had never thought of. It was something that our family doctor had never they were thought just, of. They were just thinking, oh, least she's not depressed. <laughs> exactly. She's not depressed. As, as her life has become this insulated mess. Exactly. Of, yeah, okay. And I'd go, for a yeah. bike ro- I'd go for a bike ride and I'd come home and be in bed for two days. And I'm like, I only went for a bike ride. So I went to this environmental doctor, Dr. Malott, who was amazing. And he did all these tests and he said, well, here's your list of foods. And I was like, what? He's like, these are the ones you're allergic to. These are the ones that you're sensitive to. Here are all the pollens, grasses, dusts, everything else that you're allergic to. It was your environment. Like everything about it, your environment was almost making you. Exactly. Was making you ill. I think no, so. it, no matter if the environment was at school or it was in exactly. home. It was. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, not to dive in because we could be here for hours. <laughs> Um, you know, at that time, my mom was drinking a lot. So I was living and I had been living with a with an alcoholic mother. So I think there were so many things that were playing a role. It wasn't just one. And that's when, you know, sometimes when I see clients now, I really like to draw on that experience, because sometimes I think it's not only about food. It's about the environment and what's going on in your life or what has happened in the last year. Maybe that's why you're not sleeping. Sure, let's let's fix your mm-hmm. diet, but let's also look at this too because I just always think there's, sometimes it's just food. Mm-hmm. It really is, but sometimes not. Sometimes okay. it's, it's so There's a lot much. of layers. There's a, a lot of layers. And so we started to unravel the layers and that was certainly the big layer. Wow, I changed my diet, which was very difficult. Uh, growing up in a, you know, milk, dairy, uh, But how quickly, once you started to look at this list and eliminate items from this list, did you actually feel a shift? It's interesting. I actually felt a little bit better quite quickly. Mm -hmm. I was quite surprised. But I think because there were other issues, um, I also had a lot of yeast and candida, I think, from my diet. And I was a sugar kid. Like, as I said, my mom made homemade desserts and you put ice cream on it. Mm. I was a sugar in it. At lunch, I had drinking boxes or 7-Up or, you know what I mean? It's just the way at school. So I think I realized, I, I didn't realize I had like a candida, really yeast. And then once I started working on that, I felt better. So I thought, oh, wow, okay, this is this is really interesting. And then I tried different diets. You know, back then it was like, well, let's try macrobiotics or let's try this or let... But I still struggled with energy issues. Like it just, I just really couldn't. And if I, if I traveled somewhere, I still came back and I crashed. And so even though I was handling the food part... 
there was still this other part that wasn't right. And so as we progress through the years, then yes, more is brought to the forefront that have you done, you know, psychological stuff? Have you have you been seeing someone? Have you been talking? Because wow, as you said, wow, this thing happened to you. Have you really ever dealt with it? And so I went that route. And I mean, it helped a little bit, like everything helped a little bit, but not 100%. And it was a few years, well, quite a few years later that I ended up going to see um, an environmental doctor here in Ottawa, who sort of put more of the pieces together, but still, there still were pieces missing. And so that's why I like to share my story, because I think there's those people out there that they can change their diet and they can feel great. And or there's people out there that can, you know, maybe they had a troubled childhood and they can go and talk to someone and they feel a little bit better. But then there's those people like me that do one or two or three things, but they still don't feel right. They still know there's something else going, their body is still saying there's something else. And through the years, then other things come to them. They, for me, go into menopause really early or have migraines all the time or, you know, there's always something and you kind of think, like, when is it going to, you know? Like, when does this end? When does this end? When am I going to find that, that fix, that, I'm energetic and I can travel again and I, I can know, do whatever I how want. How many people are looking for that feeling right there? Like how many people are looking for that liberated yeah. feeling? Yeah. They're chasing it their whole lives. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I feel like that's what I've been doing. And so I'm at 52 and I'm thinking, I've been chasing this forever. Where is it? This podcast is brought to you by Extension Marketing. They're a new breed of marketing agency that acts as your virtual marketing department, designing and implementing cost-effective marketing strategies that will grow your business. I can speak to this personally, as I've been using the Extension Marketing team to help me launch and grow my business. Founder Pat Whalen has been a lifesaver for me, a genuine coach guiding me along the way into uncharted territory. Tell them you're a friend of the show and receive a free one-hour consultation. Check them out at extensionmarketing.com. And there's part of me that says, maybe it's not, maybe that's not the end. Do you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe it's the story. Maybe I am the way I am because of, and and I have to say, you know, writing my cookbook when I did, which for years I was on disability and I had nothing to do and I felt my career has ended because my body at really 30 said no more. I could not get out of bed. Like it was just done. And I think that's because I, I didn't find the root cause. I wasn't addressing it. Sure, I was addressing the food allergies. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. But, you know, as Jenny Armstrong, Dr. Armstrong says to me, it's the t- it's here's your body. And it's the total load. So, okay, you have food allergies, and then you have some trauma, and then you have environmental allergies, and you have other things. And it's just that total load on the body that it just goes, you're done, baby. And, you know, in there I had a failed marriage and, you know, lots of life things, right? So, again, stress, total load, total load, total load. So you peel off one, okay, you come up a little bit, but then something else happens, boom. And you peel off that one and something else happens. Boom. And that was me. Um, I think for no fault of anything, really. It's just that that's me. And so I started to 
put down recipes and create recipes because I got sick and tired of eating the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I knew there were other people out there like me. I knew there had to be. So, you know, over and so funny because someone said to me, how long did it take you to write your cookbook? And I was like, um, six years (laughs) because I was really ill. So, you know, I was on disability. I didn't have a lot of money. I'd go, I'd talk to the great people at, you know, Rainbow Foods and ask them questions about amaranth and agar agar and flax that literally 30 years ago people like had, no one had never any idea. heard of. And I'm doing quinoa and people are going, what? You're doing quinoa 30 years ago? Yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> and using, you know, seaweed to thicken yeah. instead of gelatin. Yeah. And now my kids have like quinoa bites with little chocolate <laughs> on them instead of their granola bars. Like to think how far we've come with the language yeah. and what we were aware of. So you're starting to do this and create recipes so yeah. long ago with these foods. Yeah, because I had to, right? Because mm-hmm. what else... What was there unless you just ate the same thing over and over and over again? Do there were no restaurants. Yeah. No. Well, actually, later on, then there was the green door. And I remember mm-hmm. going to the green door and going, oh, boy, can I eat this stuff? It was, <laughs> and now it's delicious. I love it. It is. I, I like it. And I, and I don't have any food allergies. And I still enjoy going in there. So you're developing these recipes. Are you developing them for you? Are you, for me. As, you as you're doing, like <laughs> Very you, selfish, right. me. you were doing it for me. you. At what point over six years of developing all of these recipes, do you kind of go, I got a lot of recipes. I got here. a lot of I, recipes. I had a lot and I've got a lot of information and the work has been done by people who don't need to go through all the research and the development exactly. that their doctors are now saying yeah. to them, you have these allergies, exactly. you know, like it's almost like this little, like, I'm looking at this book with like these lights, like the, like the Bible, you know, yeah. like, well, like, like all these lights shining down on it. Hey, there's something that's been created. So whose idea was it when you have six years of recipes created to yeah, actually put I'm this together? I'm trying to think whose idea was it. Actually, it might have been Dr. Armstrong's and I, because I think I said I put together all these recipes mm-hmm. and I ended up helping some of her patients just because they'd say, she'd say, phone Shirley, she's got all these recipes. Phone Shirley, she's got all these recipes. Okay. In, on the cover of the book though, there is paleo. Is well, honest, I've got right? two cookbooks, okay. right? So the first one yes. I wrote is Finally Food I Can Eat. Okay, that was the first so one. So that That's was the, the first one, like the, 2007. Okay, the main book. The main book, Okay, yeah. I think and it has like a, per, a, is it like a darkish color? Yeah, and it's okay. got quinoa salad on the front of it. <laughs> okay, so, that's so that the was the first one. one. Okay. And, and I wanted it to be more than a recipe book because like, as you said, mm-hmm. when I first found out, I didn't know about different grains, how to cook them. Um, what was the difference between a food allergy and an intolerance or a sensitivity? Okay, can I ask you what that is? <laughs> Where's my mind? book? Where's my book? So, can, I, yeah. can we go through that yeah. because I so that people have an idea when they're listening? Right. So an allergy is an immune response. So you eat something and your immune system says, eat, fight it, fight it, fight it. A sensitivity is the way the body processes a food. So like, so like if you have cramps afterwards exactly, or gas. Bl- bl- or bl- exactly. Okay. I mean, so many of the symptoms are similar, mm-hmm. except for in uh, like a true food allergy. There's anaf- there's all different types. There's anaphylactic. There's cytic. There's all different types of immune responses. And some can be delayed. And that's really confusing. Some are immediate. So 5% of food allergies are immediate. You eat that strawberry, you get a rash. You eat a peanut and your throat swells up. You, I don't know, eat something else and you literally bloat right away. Whereas 95% are delayed. And they can be delayed up to 72 hours because the food stays in us that long. So let's say you eat something and always a day and a half later, you get a migraine or a headache. Unless you chart that, how are you going to know? 
right? Like, think about it. If mm-hmm. you always eat pineapple, how are you going to know unless you write down, like you just think, well, every two days I get a headache. It must be stress. But maybe it's the pineapple. Or maybe it's the dairy that gives you that post-nasal I drip. I it could be that long yeah. in the system before your body is, is yeah. reacting. And especially if you're a slow person mm-hmm. elimination, which a lot of people are. Like if you think, if you don't poop for five days, that stays in you. It gets reabsorbed. So I always think of kids that come to me that are hyperactive, that have anxiety, that are exhausted. And I'm saying to mom, how often do they poop? Oh, maybe every two or three days. And I'm like, because that's staying in them and being reabsorbed and can go up to their brain and can cause so many things. So we want that out, right? It's, It's the waste. We don't want it in us. For people who are dealing with this then, who have bloating, uh, gas, headaches, how do you recommend that they write a journal? Like write I do. Down? I always because say keep I think, a food journal. Right, because I'm thinking you're looking at that food journal and you're thinking a couple of hours after eating. You want to be able to look back on that journal and yeah. go 48 to 72 hours back. Exactly. If you're constantly seeing. Exactly. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's so amazing. And I think it really helps moms too. Mm-hmm. because, But it's hard because you don't always know what. Like, do you remember what you ate yesterday? No, but <laughs> but can I say something? I know that I had like bloating and cramps, and I know that the day before that, I when I go to my mom's, I she always because I don't eat it, but when it's at my mom's, the cheese, yeah. and I have cheese because I'm like, well, I'm at my mom's, I can do the mom's. cheese, so I always have the cheese, and then I and I think about it, I always like I always react, but it was so twenty four or something, yeah, yeah, because like, and you wouldn't yeah. think you'd think. Oh, well, it wasn't the cheese. I ate that yesterday. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, that's, you know. Yeah, or you body. have this child and you're thinking, well, they had whatever, mm-hmm. chocolate, whatever. How could it be? So, so I'm like, well, let's look at it. And it could be other things, but right. like, that's so Especially important. Especially when we're talking about the, the, the intolerance and the sensitivities. Because yes. as you were mentioning, if it's, yeah. the, if it's the pure, uh, the allergy. It could it's, be. It's and that's right why I always think, mm-hmm. you know, it's so important to have allergy testing done, food sensitivities. And now we've got... You know, you can go to Dynacare. Like, there's so many options now. I think it's really important if you or your child is not well, you have to see a doctor. You have to either find a really good, open-minded doctor um, or a naturopath and, you know, sort of go through those. But I always think it's important to look at what you're eating, how you're eliminating, and exactly, you know, if you eat and poof, well, okay, hmm, wonder what that could be. And there's lots of things to help. We all know that, you know, how much water are you drinking? Um, There's lots of supplements that can help. But you really need to figure out, you know, is something going on? You know, I didn't know I was celiac until I was 40. Okay. I hear these words now, right? You hear gluten-free, you hear uh, keto, you hear paleo, you hear celiac, (laughs) you hear Crohn. Okay. What is it? Yeah. Yeah. What? what So celiac is an actual autoimmune. It's 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 a disease. It's not just deciding to go gluten-free, right? So the little villi that are in your intestines, when you ingest gluten, it kind of flattens them and destroys them. So, and what those villi do is they absorb all the nutrients from your food. So if they're kind of flat and dead, you're not absorbing nutrients from your food. So for years, I was told that I was sensitive to wheat, so I was eating things like barley and rye bread and because they don't have wheat but they do contain gluten so again for all those years I was eating gluten I was eating kamut and spelt 
because they didn't have, they were, you know, they had gluten though. So again, it's very interesting. And I think, you know, people need to know. Now there are people out there that I truly believe, and there's much more research being done now that are gluten sensitive. They do not have celiac disease. Mm -hmm. It's not a life threatening, but they do feel better when they don't eat gluten. Now, is it because they've been eating so many processed foods that contain gluten? Or is it because they actually just don't do well with gluten? So am I an advocate of gluten-free? Sometimes, yes. Okay. And what I would say is let's do an eliminate. And I talk about this in my cookbook. So I talk about elimination diets, rotation diets, and let's eliminate and see. And that, you know, years ago I did a 21-day challenge. Let's remove gluten, dairy, and sugar and see how you feel. I think I want people to realize this isn't about kind of being bikini uh, bikini bod ready. This this isn't you know. the eating this way so that you can go and, and feel good on the beach. This is about eating this way so that you feel good. Good. And that you're living your life and feeling like when you get up in the morning, you have the energy you have, you know, like this is what this is about. Now you keep mentioning gluten and I think people have a misconception of gluten itself. Like, you know, we're just so accustomed to hearing it now in dialogue and on cookbooks and in cooking shows. When you talk about gluten, because you said I was allergic to wheat, but then there was the gluten. What's the gluten part in this? So gluten is the protein that is found in certain cereal grains. So it is found in wheat, barley, rye. What else am I forgetting? Uh, like so, couscous, um, triticale. Yeah. So it's it's that protein, and it makes makes bread kind of gummy and and doughy. Okay. Um, so that's why all the gluten free breads are kind of exactly they not, don't they don't exactly. have this rise or they're they're not moist and soft exactly. they're, they're harsher that's right they're rougher exactly is that, exactly. Is that, is that a good a, word that's to a use? good okay. word to use yeah yes. and you know as i said i mean it's not about necessarily just taking gluten out i mean there was that huge mm-hmm. fad it's figuring out which foods you need to remove which foods are affecting you or not they may not be You've had a number of different clients over the years now. I mean, and so let's go. You did that first cookbook. It was a big hit. Yeah. People, I think, really needed it at that time. Yeah, I got so many nice emails. It was so nice. Nice to see. Then you add the one in, the second book, which is Paleo. So that's Paleo. Mm -hmm. So, and that's really a, a, a cookbook. But I also have a chapter in there because, of course, I've evolved of the mind body connection. Because a couple of years ago, excuse me. I decided to hold a couple of online health summits. In my mind, I thought, I'm going to interview all these amazing doctors and guru about how food plays a role in the body and the mind-body connection, because, you know, this is what's helped me. So I take on this huge endeavor and, in, in, you know, interview like 40 different doctors, put together this online summit. And throughout it, I was starting to change my diet a little bit. It was really interesting. A lot of the doctors that I interviewed were talking about paleo. I was like, what's paleo? <laughs> you know, I should know what this <laughs> like is. Like they're talking, what you're trying to hit Google yeah, on the exactly. computer. Paleo, yeah. paleo. <clears throat> you know, and it's a way of eating. And, and really, when you look at, I would say, true paleo, it's how our forefathers, our ancestors, years, 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 years ago ate. So they would rummage for seeds and nuts and then they go and kill the bison and you know they eat seasonally because they had to 
they'd kill the bison or whatever and use all the parts of it and eat it. Um, they'd walk, hunt for their food. I mean, I think, again, it's not just going paleo. It's exercising. It's getting fresh air. It's, it's a whole package. So I changed my diet and started eating more paleo-like. And what I noticed, I always had problems with hypoglycemia. So my blood sugars would dip if I didn't eat every hour, hour and a half. And what I soon realized was I was almost eating too many carbohydrates for my body type. And so when I went more paleo, excuse me, and added in healthy fats, like avocados, like avocados and nut butters and coconut milk, yum, (laughs) and healthy meats. I did do healthy meats. I'm going to let Shirley take some water because this is what happened. I mean, we've been talking for a while. I feel I've bad. <laughs> I've been listening. <laughs> I, I've been liking this. Uh, but yeah, definitely take some water. And Wait. so as I changed my diet, I noticed I didn't get shaky. I didn't get those hypoglycemic. So for me, I think I needed more oils. I needed more healthy fats. Um, and it was amazing. So my next cookbook, I really wanted to sort of shed light mm-hmm. on that, that that really helped me with a couple of the issues okay. that I had. What are the other issues? Because we had mentioned them like about 20 <laughs> minutes ago. Like what you got through like? one and you got through another one, and but there were still missing pieces. So this yeah. seemed to kind of start <clears throat> to solve some of those other missing pieces. That right. Were in and there. so I had some hormonal issues mm-hmm. in my 40s. And I just found that I did better eating so my plate will, if you look at a plate, my plate will be 75% veggies, mm-hmm. greens, steamed vegetables, lots of salads with sprouts, some healthy meat. And what I mean by healthy meat is either organic chicken or grass-fed meat or lamb. I don't tend to buy store-bought chicken that's not been organic I get a headache if I do if I eat regular beef I stay up at night I don't sleep so I had regular beef last night and I didn't sleep last night (laughs) I have found it amazing that you can see the response that you can tell that if you have regular chicken that there's a headache wow like it's amazing yeah once you're so in tune yeah that's exactly it with what has happened (laughs) and is it when you talk about this is it just the way we're producing our foods or you know what they're being fed that there's there's such an emphasis both both I think both I think really and I think we're a little bit luckier maybe that we're in Canada but you know I'd like to see where where they are in Europe that you know GMOs and I don't want to go down that route but they scare me they scare me for people with food allergies with other type of allergies do you think this is why you've seen so many more patients come in clients come in with ADD ADHD um, our environment, the I foods think that our we have, because I, I'm like yeah. shocked at the the numbers now, right? That, yeah. um, at schools, right? What's your recommendation? Like, what are you saying if there's people listening right now that are dealing with? Again, I think it's hyper- looking at the whole environment. So not only is it the food, and I feel for moms. You know, like I think about you, working mom, the hours you worked. You're trying to get kids to school. You're trying to feed them. It's very easy to do packaged foods. 
Take a look at those labels and see how much sugar your child is getting. When I take kids off sugar, they calm right down. And I mean, you have to read your pasta sauce. You have to read everything because everything has sugar in it. And we have hyper kids because the Tim Hortons is not a treat once a month or once a year anymore. It's all the time, right? They're eating fast food stuff that is full of sugar every day, all day long. So that's sort of number one. Number two is how much exercise are they getting? How much water are they getting? I don't care what anybody says, EMFs play a role. Wi-Fi plays a role in our brains. EMF is? Electromagnetic fields. So the towers, the Wi-Fi, we've got, everybody's got Wi-Fi everywhere, right? It bounces off of us. I mean, it's a mic, it's a, it's a signal, right? So there's something to be said, is your child, does they have their little phone, their little whatever, right beside their bed? Are they sleeping right beside it? You know, again, we have to look at everything. We have to look at the food. We look at the stress that they're under at school. Is that playing a role? Or so like, let's look at everything. Let's look at maybe some supplements that okay. could be helping them because maybe they're not getting enough of their veg and their mm-hmm. fruit. Can you come up with like five? I'm going to put you on the spot <laughs> oh, here. Geez. I'm sorry. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Um, but I, I just. Hi, thanks. No, okay. So <laughs> let's, well, I'm talking and just because I, I know that there's. I was say, what did I say you for Andy? <laughs> <laughs> Remind me. Well, I, I trust me. I really did look at how Everything. much at the sugar content. And I think I've become a little bit more lenient with them as, as she's gotten older. Yeah, but I can definitely tell. I, I can see a shift when there has been an overload of sugar right. or, you know, with both of my kids. Like yeah, I can after say, Christmas, like, after Like, I'm feeling like, Halloween, you know, we're coming through the Easter. Halloween. Yes, like, you, you, you You'll see, see a it. difference. But, okay, so let's let's take five main things that we as parents are sometimes doing the quick fix. Mm-hmm. We throw in the granola bar. Mm-hmm. We throw in the fruit packet. We throw in... The juice I box. think I really hope people have eliminated that juice box. Like, I... But they're not. You're telling me people aren't. I don't think so. Although, you know what? When I go through the grocery line, that aisle with the, the drinks, I can't believe the amount I know. of juice boxes or the flavors. Or the or vitamin the... C water. Yes. Okay. It's so, just pure sugar. Okay. And I, <laughs> I don't I, even I, bother. I came home with that mineral and I just looked at them and I'm like, come on, guys, you know better than this. Where, but where are parents vitamin where, C vitamins. Okay. Where are we being tricked? Let's, let's so go there. So I think okay. a lot of those, those drinks, those. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the healthy iced teas, the the healthier juices, the palm. You know what I mean? Again, juice is juice. So, again, just turn it over and look at the sugar content. That, well, I think, okay. I think so label what, reading is number one. Label reading, label reading. Please. What, what then should send, like, what are your markers, your key yeah. markers then? So, yeah, okay, so we are reading a label. We reading when we so. look at the sugars then, what number do you want to see it come under? <laughs> How's that? Because we're reading the labels. Yeah, I know. We're reading the labels, but... You're right. You're right. But I think it's, again, it's, you know, it's the granola bars. So it's adding it up. So you're right. If there's one thing that's like Mm -hmm. 10 grams of sugar, okay. But if that's all they're getting, because you don't really want your child to have more than, what is it? Like Health Canada says like, what, four teaspoons of sugar? Well, yeah, right. That's in one drink. Not even like it's more like 10, yeah. 10 teaspoons in a juice box or in a, in a Coke or something. 
So it's hard to say, oh, well, you know, we want to bring it down to zero. Well, that's pretty hard to do unless you just eat real food. So nothing in a box, nothing in a can, nothing. I mean, you can, right? Right. You could just eat real okay. food. So instead Let, of putting that, put things. an orange in right. instead of that, whatever orange your yes. orange so juice. So give me three things that I can make. <laughs> using raw real food that they're not going that they're going to look at and be like okay this well would they eat and again i think it depends on the family and what they've been eating i cannot say to a sugar right family saying yes. oh put in some sliced celery and hummus Blech. that's not going to work that's not going to work or guacamole black you know so is it starting out by making them a really cool smoothie in the morning that yes has got blueberries a little bit of banana some nut butter some nut milk some hemp seed and you know it's really pureed really well and it still has that sweetness of the banana in there and then you slowly work the banana out so that there's only blueberries in there you know you have you have to start where the family is at I think. How different are families? Like, oh. it, are we on such a massive spectrum here? I find, I do. Yes. I find that I get families that come in and they are, wow, like so really clean. And so mom why are they coming so much... in then if they're eating because so Because I clean? think, I still think that there have been issues before. And I think, um, you know, even they're eating clean, mm -hmm. but maybe their child does have a problem no, with okay. gluten and she's making this wonderful homemade bread, but or the child is still having issues with gluten or something so milk you, or or dairy like yeah that. exactly so you can have a family coming in still looking for answers eating clean and then you can have a family that comes in and they're still like i just go i don't do that to them <laughs> but then you know i take a step back and i go but i ate like that you know and there's no judgment there's no judgment parents are where they are people are where they are you know, you end up busy, you put on 20 pounds, you need people come to me and they're just like, help, I'm just, or I'm sick and tired of eating the same thing. I don't know how to break out of this. What else can I possibly eat? So, yeah. You have also, you're dealing with celiac, fibromyalgia was a, a main thing. So people are looking for relief. Yeah. pain relief in, yeah. in some of this and a lot of this happens by the food elimination I food. think food elimination is huge I think proper supplementation needing to know and okay. I know you had Kent McLeod in here we've had Kent we yeah. just had the one right before you was uh Dr. Siddiqui who Thanks. was talking yeah we've had some really good information yeah. about adding the supplements so what would you suggest to people then if we're, if we're looking at the diet and then looking at the supplementation so the supplementation for sure i think it's really important where we are located we need vitamin d3 i mean we do not get enough sun and even in the summer we're slathering you know suntan lotion um i think it's so important that vitamin d3 is good for immune system i mean it's actually a hormone it's it's not a vitamin and it's so important for your immune system important for your bones at any age for kids all the way up and you can get little drops if your kids can't take I mean vitamin D is so teeny tiny and it's not expensive so to me that's huge um, especially for people that are celiac you know their bones can be brittle and it's really important to have uh, vitamin D3 magnesium is, is another one and I think I don't know I can't remember if we had suggested that magnesium calms yeah. the system it helps people poop you want to get a really good quality magnesium you don't want to get a really cheap one um, I take magnesium glycinate there are different forms um, so I think that's huge and I think depending where you're at in your life I always think, you know, a multivitamin is great, but a good quality multivitamin or women that are really stressed, we need to look at the B vitamins because they're, you know, they're, they're stressing and you mm -hmm. use your Bs like 
crazy when what you're are, stressed. What are our Bs? We've got B1, B2, B6, B12, those, those to me B5. just represent numbers. Exactly. What does that represent but they, to but me? But they all do different things in the body. And I think especially um, people that are vegan and they're not eating meat, B12 is present in, in meats, in, in beef. And if you're not getting your B12, that helps you with energy. Um, and so there's so many different things, but for sure, I would say D here in Ottawa, magnesium. I truly believe in vitamin C, but everybody's different and, and, you know, a good multi, but again, look at what your kitties are, you're eating and what you mom and dad are eating too, because they're going to look to you, right? How are you feeling? How do you feel now? I think you mentioned 52. You kind of had a, a number of different aha breakthroughs. Like, where would you say you are at right now? Because you walked in, I'm like, she's full of energy. She's feeling good. Yeah, like, exactly. where would you say you are? Um, I still have a ways to go. Mm-hmm. I'll be really, I'm going to be really honest. It was a stressful summer for me. And I do find that when I'm really I'm under sorry, I'm going to say there was you. a family, there was thank a passing you. of your dad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I do find that I, you know, I, I always say that I'm the canary in the coal mine. So I'm the first one that reacts to anything in the environment. I react to any type of stress. That's me. That's okay. That's me. I want to say, so I was on the website before we uh, we came on. Um, I was looking through a couple of things. And your blogs are really good. Thanks. So if you're if you're on the website, alterna- uh, Delicious, Delicious Alternatives, Alternatives. Yeah. Um, there was a number of really interesting blogs, one of which was your kitchen makeover. Oh, yeah. And I found this, like, I, I started to read through it. I'm like, oh, my God, this is extreme. <laughs> That's me. And I'm, I'm not talking, <laughs> I'm not talking like we shifted the backsplash and the countertops and we broke down a wall. Like we're not talking a normal kitchen reno. Your kitchen reno was about the environment, the products, yep. the, the, the surfacing. Like, so when you talked about that, you have environmental factors that affect you. I was fascinated yeah. by this. Like I went to that list that you had at the very end of everything that you, yeah. um, was it chlorophyll? What? No, what was for... There VOCs? Was, what is that? Volatile organic compounds. Okay, that was so a word VOCs that, that are, came up a lot in this. Okay. are in paints, in solvents, in um, cupboards, like it's in formaldehyde. So when you go and buy... That, that was it, formaldehyde. formaldehyde. Yeah, when I think go, that was what came up a lot. I'm going to, yeah. When you go and buy cupboards mm-hmm. or anything, carpets, paints, you name it, it's in there. Okay, 23, see I have it, I even have it. 23 sources of formaldehyde. Good, read it all for me. (laughs) Okay, well here, I have it all for you. But like you were talking like air fresheners, plug-ins. You know, we all now are like going to the store and finding these nice little essential oil scents and stuff that are in there. Um, Like what, paper towels? They kill me. Paper towels is like... Yeah, essential oils. Oh, they do? Okay. (laughs) <laughs> we'll make that we'll, we'll hit on that one okay so why why do i have 23 sources of formaldehyde why is this such an important kind of list here so what formaldehyde causes many health issues cancer um asthmas so a lot of kids that have asthma we will look at what's what's in the environment do you have one of those plugins do you have um you know, the essential oils going, do you have, have you just renovated your house? Did you just buy a brand new house? Because if you go into a brand new house, think about it, there's new carpets. Formaldehyde is in the glue in the carpets. You have a new kitchen. The formaldehyde is in the glue that 
is in the press board, in the cupboards. Uh, paints, it's in there. It's it's everywhere. It's in whatever you did in your in your bathroom, the, all the glues, everything. So it's all off-gassing into the home, right? So if you have any type of environmental sensitivity, it's going to affect your health. Asthma, colds, respiratory, um, brain fog, huge, thinking ability, um, different illnesses. No one is thinking this I when know. they're walking yeah. into the I am the, no I am the canary. That. I can walk into someone's house and in five minutes I say, nope, got to go, sorry. Really? And that's because they're wow, using like scented laundry detergents. They spray Febreze all over their couch. They're all chemicals. They're all chemicals. Now, some chemicals are fine. Some are natural. Right. These are all synthetic. Now, for <laughs> the majority of us, we don't really react to it. No, you're for you're, people yeah. who have environment. It really is. A and factor. for me, it was and that we're not total reacting load, to it, right? right. <clears throat> and we're not reacting to it. But that we you don't know of, right? That you know of. That we know of. But so we cleaning could be products, dealing. ammonia, formaldehyde every single time and it's so funny I had a friend that she would clean or or she'd decide to paint a room and then two days later she just feels so ill and she didn't know why and I'm like hello you just <laughs> painted your room did you use no VOC paint oh I never even knew about it can you get no VOC paint yes you can when you did this kitchen so you did this kitchen reno we and did you this kept kitchen it reno. full environment like everything every everything. part of this kitchen everything. was done yeah, and it was hard okay. to find somebody. We actually found someone they here in Ottawa. Crazy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Found Sandy Fulton is great in Ottawa, but he's super busy. But he was great. He knew about it. He had done some kitchens for people with environmental sensitivities. And then we found these guys. There's a great place in Kingston called The Living Room, which is an environmental type mm -hmm. store. We used to have one, the healthiest home in Ottawa, and unfortunately, it went belly up. Um, so they contain, they, you know, they sell stuff like no VOC paints and solvents and all this really neat stuff. So we found this, these guys in Kingston and they came in and said, oh, yeah, we know all about it. And we can find, you know, formaldehyde-free plywood and we can, because wow. it's either, you know, do you want to do solid wood, which is going to be really expensive to do was, a solid yeah. wood kitchen. I was going to ask, like, is there a massive cost to making You know what? It, it wasn't for us because we did the research. There are now so many products and, and California is great because they have like no VOC laws. And so we kind of just looked what's available and then, okay, what can we get here? What is the best to use for cut kitchen cabinets? And away we went yes. and, and what's the best countertop? And I'd always wanted soapstone. And so, you You're know, able to find that. Yeah. So for anyone who's looking at this, Shirley's already done all the research yeah, for you. All the research so there. You actually can go and just look it up because she's written about it. Um, and you know, you've yeah. done so much of that research. But I was, I was just amazed by mm. this. Looking like at the clothes and the pillows, like the pillow covers, like it's just, it was everywhere. I thought everywhere. that was really fascinating. Yep. Um, to, to kind of to look at that. Healthcare products. Are you? You're looking at yeah. me. Yeah. All natural. Yeah. Natural, natural, natural. I don't tend to do nail polish or remover because nail polish has got formaldehyde in it. So again, you're absorbing it through your skin. If you're a really good detoxifier, great. Mm -hmm. I'm not so great at detoxifying things. <laughs> <laughs> but if you bite your nails, then that's even worse. Yeah, even with, worse. With the nail polish, <laughs> with the nail polish on, on, with on the formaldehyde yeah, in exactly. it. Okay, so we're, we're kind of getting you going. There's so many different things to be able to hit on. What is the your favorite kind of client that comes to you? Wow. Um... 
Well, I have to say I have probably two. I have, you know, right now, actually, I'm, I've kind of gone in a little bit different direction. I'm actually, there was a woman, in, a nutritionist in, in Toronto that found me, and she runs a nutrition company called Koru Nutrition. And we do nutritional assessments for people that have been in um, motor vehicle accidents, so with brain trauma. And I have to say, this summer, I had a young man who had been in a car accident. He was in university. He was varsity basketball player. And he wanted to do absolutely everything he could to get back on the basketball team after his traumatic brain injury. And he was open to everything and anything. This this guy had never made a smoothie in his life, you know, never really eaten healthy. And once I started to explain what food can do for you, what supplements can do to bring down the inflammation. We put him on an anti-inflammatory diet and he really did see the results quite quickly. And he was just so eager. I just loved going to see him and creating things. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I've also had parents that come to me and they're at their wits end and their child will not eat anything healthy. And to me, they're a favorite client too because I really think for someone that I was so picky as a child that we can we can make inroads but as I said earlier you need to start where the family is at I can't start somewhere where you know we're putting spinach it in here work. and it, it won't, won't work. work so um you know love all my clients I mean maybe there's one that I <laughs> can think of that no, I think it's the success story like when you is. talk about being yeah. able to get a you know a patient who has been in a, a horrific accident mm-hmm. back in, and yeah. having inflammation down there are exactly. so many there's things so that many this things affects that you can do people can head to the website mm-hmm. there's lots of information there um delicious alternatives and is it dot com or dot ca dot com dot com there's great blog writings on there as well. There's the two cookbooks that are on there. And you were mentioning that you do webinars and seminars. Like, where can people find more? Like, they're what all are on you my, they're offering? All my, yeah. They're all my, on my yeah. website as well. I've got, you know, the, to remove gluten, dairy, and sugar if they want. That's sort of the gluten-free challenge. That's It's a little online course that you can do. You okay. can listen to the the doctors and why they explain that it's important to remove gluten and how to remove gluten and dairy and sugar and uh, and then there's my cookbooks there too and and as I said right now I'm taking a little bit of a a little bit of a breather because yes. it was a stressful summer a with lot. my dad passing and then the tornado and you know there was a lot there was a lot that went on <clears throat> but the information is there the information that's what it, yeah is so there. you might and not I'm be always able to updating go. yes and, and um, yeah, promoting a, actually a film that's coming up in November called Overfed and Undernourished, which is a great documentary. So actually, Kathy Smart and I are promoting that for a friend of Dr. Friend of mine that's coming over from Australia. So there's yeah. there's great resources. Yeah, there there's, is. There is. And I encourage people to reach out and ask for help because you're busy. You know, it's hard sometimes to do it all your own. And maybe you only have to come and see someone like me or someone once. Mm-hmm. And that just gives you that leg up Mm -hmm. oh okay here are some ideas and off I go Mm -hmm. you know well we really appreciated the time that that we had and and managed to get Andy off medication like (gasps) well she was just so different like I mean this was a couple it was a couple years years ago ago. now but our our, we really felt that the medications were kind of changing her like her she was just the personality she was like you know and she even said she was I don't feel like me and so we were you know food was going to be a massive part of it but we were able to get her off of the, of the medication and we just watch you know oh, that's it's great. like how much like do you want to do the sugar you want to feel this way or do you want to be exactly. able to sit through class yeah. and focus and I think they at, at one point the kids start to figure it out too they do 
Yeah, that's, that's the best do. part there. Uh, Shirley, thank you so much. Thanks, it was, I'm so glad we finally were able to <laughs> get too. this together. Uh, deliciousalternatives.com for more information. As we mentioned, the webinars, is, the, all the information workshops are there and the cookbooks. Yeah, all the summits are there too. And I know that you had to, you watched um, Natasha Vilna's podcast, right? So as I love that other people are watching the podcast oh, and the yeah. information. She's so she full of information. Great. <laughs> I actually just did, we did some segments too uh, for Natural Food Pantry yes. and I came home with a new detergent and dish soap. See, I'm... You're getting there, I'm taking, I'm taking the baby steps. I'm taking the baby steps. Uh, it was like with the, um, it was like all all lemons. It was oh, like a, wow. a seven lemon dish, like Ooh, liquid soap. Yeah, it was like this massive display. It looked and I love the, sm- the smell of the scent of lemon. Yeah. So for me, it was like a, this is a natural fit. Why not make why the not? make the change? That's a wrap on episode 39 of Living Your Life with Leanne Lang. Please, if you have the opportunity, subscribe and like and comment and share. We are trying to get this podcast to really uh, get up and growing. Some great segments, lots of great things to look back on uh, and to continue to help make us grow. Thanks so much. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.